<laughs> the flying butterfly weatherman. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine God. <laughs> you never think about God flying. <laughs> Old men don't have wings. At least in our culture, I don't. <laughs> I might still laugh. Okay. Um... Okay. So the question is, how complex can we prove something to be? What are we calling this podcast? Uh, the Unicorn Launching Academy podcast? Sure. Um, oh, no, it should be, should be a pun, right? Um pun okay who's my audience let's do some math here you guys want to listen to this um the audience is um achievers and um achievers seek mastery um and disruptors seek change and there are also Buddhists or Taoists. So just Tao it <laughs> Somebody must already have that, right? Right? That's a it's a t shirt. All right, just that way it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, today we're reading. I want to understand Girdle's incompleteness theorem. Now, why do I? What the fuck? Who, sh who gives a shit about that? Right. Well, Alfred North Whitehead and Bertrand Russell. Two of the most giant figures of the fourth industrial revolution. It doesn't matter why. But, well, I guess it does. <laughs> what the fuck am I saying? How can I explain this? In 1900, everybody. All the mathematicians are trying to figure out if there's a perfectly logical system of math. Is there a perfectly logical system that has no inconsistencies? 
So come along, Whitehead and Russell, and they write three volumes called the Principia Mathematica. After Newton's Principia Naturalis Principia Mathematica, I think that's what it's called. Uh, so, um, and it's like, yo, this is the Bible. So Whitehead and Russell write what's supposed to be the Bible of logic. Then Girdle comes along and says, no, you'll never write the Bible. The Bible will, of logic doesn't exist. It, in fact, I'll prove that you cannot create a Bible of logic that contains no inconsistencies. That's what Girdle said. So if you can think of one side is saying, there's always going to be, uh, we can prove anything true or false just by using logic. The other side says, no, we can't. <laughs> now, when you think about logic, don't we assume that the logical person will be correct? Now, what does correct mean? Decision matrix. You can make a bad decision and have it lead to a bad outcome. You can have a bad decision and have it lead to a good outcome. Right? You get lucky. You can have a good decision and have it lead to a bad outcome. You can have a good decision and have it lead to a good outcome. So, Anyhow, I don't know what I was going with that. Surprises in Logic, John Baez. Uh, I came across him because he and uh, the guy who manages Peter Thiel's money, uh, Eric Weinstein, um, and uh, a number of other people. A guy in Florida, some dolphins, I think. I don't know what he's doing. He's surfing. Um, they all came up with a radically uh, new idea in physics something that could displace Einstein uh, so it's pretty pretty crazy right now um, after Daniel Schechtman's work on crystals he's shown that the platonic solids are basically making a resurgence and um, icosahedrons are back in style There's a funny video of um, fucking <laughs> the the most important dude in in crystallography saying, "Yo, fuck, um, that kind of crystallography, that shit, that'll never work." And the dude has like eight Nobel prizes or some shit, and then turns out no, the eight Nobel prize dude is wrong. Uh, the guy with one Nobel prize most recently is right. <laughs> hmm. you can win an award for intelligence and then someone can win an award for disproving what you proved with your intelligence <laughs> so that's why I want it long story short 
since you have these two ideas one is the idea that you can create a, a, a Bible of logic with zero inconsistencies the other idea is that no you can't so there has been a synthesis of you can create a Bible of logic and no you can't create a Bible of logic there's been a our computer systems are based on the fact that we have these two things coexisting. I'm probably not being clear. And that's why I'm reading... That's why this is the first fucking podcast. Because <laughs> I want to see what this guy's explanation is. Um, John... Carlos Baez. He could be one of those few guys that show, hey, yo, Plato was fucking all right, ghoulie. Anyways, I'm reading, he suggested I read through Twitter uh, his surprises in logic. So, surprises in logic. John Baez, April 4th, 2016. Quote, There's a complexity barrier built into the very laws of logic. Roughly speaking, while lots of things are more complex than this, we can't prove any specific thing is more complex than this. And this barrier is surprisingly low. Just how low? Read this. Let's see if we can get our head around this. And then see what happens when we combine this idea with the famous surprise examination paradox, also known as the unexpected hanging paradox. Okay. Mathematically speaking, these ideas are called Chatelain's, oh no, Chatelain's incompleteness theorem and the Krichman-Raz proof of Gödel's second incompleteness theorem. But don't be intimidated. I'll explain everything you need to know. Awesome. After that, I'll explain another surprise. There's a computer that computes any uncomputable function in some model of arithmetic. Okay. I'm not going to pretend that I understand anything so far. Chatin's incompleteness theorem. Could we grow the whole universe with all its seeming complexity starting from a little seed? How much can you do with just a little information? People have contests about this. Dan Pipponi pointed out in this animated video created in 2009 using a program less than 4 kilobytes that um, runs on a Windows XP machine. A beautiful alien planet compressed into a mere 4 kilobytes of information. Wow. So, to give you an idea, a song is about, a good quality song, say, is about at least three to five megabytes. 
which is about 3,000 to 5,000 and change kilobytes. This guy's saying, if you watch this, look up Dan Paponi video Windows XP elevated HQ by RGBA and TBC. Look that up and see what it looks like. Apparently what it is is a beautiful simulation of an alien planet compressed into less than a, th a thousandth of the information required to produce one song. So if a song is three minutes, 180 seconds, you're saying point <laughs> one eight amount of the information can simulate a planet. All right. Well, you know what? If you look at um, the size of computer viruses, this is a quote from uh, I think Stanford University. I can't remember the startup. Um, the size of the business problem you solve has no correlation with the lines of code used to solve it. To be fair, the complexity of some, uh, this is a quote from uh, programmer Bruce Smith, who's a friend of John Baez, the author. Quote, to be fair, the complexity of some of the OS graphic drivers and hardware should be included. But this is a lot less than you might think if you imagine rewriting it purely for compactness rather than for speed, and only including what the sort of program needs to produce output. Okay, so there's some limitations but it shows that in order to produce visually captivating and complex information that evokes emotion you actually don't need that much input <clears throat> if you know what you're doing i assume this like any, anything i say is just my ideas on things if you don't like them listen to someone else or no listen to me and then have it inform anyways mind you returning to the mind you people didn't figure out how to produce such fancy images from tiny amounts of information overnight Inigo Inigo Quiles one of the guys who made this video has explained some of the tricks they're deep and they were developed over decades in the demo scene, a computer art subculture where people produce demos. Non-interactive audiovisual computer presentations that run in real time. Oh, wow. Hmm. Okay, so here's something that I've never heard about. The demo scene from Wikipedia. Quote, Recent computer hardware advancements include faster processors, more memory, faster video, graphics processors, and hardware 3D acceleration. With many of the past's challenges removed, the focus in making demos has moved from squeezing as much out of the computer as possible to making stylish, beautiful, well-designed, real-time artwork. 
The old tradition lives on, though. Demo parties have competitions with varying limitations in program size or platform. Different series are called compos. Hmm. What can you do with just a little information? The programmer, Baez's uh, buddy, Bruce Smith, listed a couple more. Bill Gates' first commercial success was an implementation of a useful version of BASIC in about 4,000 bytes. Well, there you have it. The size of the problem you solve has no relation to the code used to solve it. The complete genetic code of an organism can be as short as a few hundred thousand bytes. And that doesn't have to be encoded in a way that doesn't allow for cl highly clever compression schemes. Wow. So all this means is that amazingly complex things can be compressed into fairly little information. I'm going to read through this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see if we can get through this. It's not easy. Um, but we're not talking about easy things. <laughs> now, we might be talking. This is easy to someone that doesn't have the inert ideas in my head. <sighs> okay. The answer. Okay. Question. How complex can something be? The answer, arbitrarily complex. Okay, let's, let's see if we can unpack this. At least that's true if we're talking about the Kolmogorov complexity of a string of bits, namely the length of the shortest computer program that prints it out. Lots of strings of bits can't be compressed. You cannot print out most of them using short programs since there aren't enough short programs to go around. Of course, we need to fix computer language ahead of time, so this is well defined. And we need to make sure the programs are written in binary so the comparison is fair. Mm. To benchmark two computer languages, we must... They must... Royal down to the same ones and zeros. Is that what that says? So things can be arbitrarily complex, but here's a more interesting question. How complex can we prove something to be? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So there's the weather. How complex is the weather? Is it possible with a clearer understanding of the weather we can move from using all of these billions of com computer servers trying to do the work 
to be like, yeah, yeah, just connect it like this. It's just this and that. Yeah, you thought it was all those things. No, no, no. It just, it's just, you know, look at butterflies. If you, if, if you tag the wings of butterflies, um, if you tag a significant amount of butterfly wings, you can tell what the weather is going to be everywhere in real time. Who's to say that's not true? <laughs> the flying butterfly weatherman. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. Because it's a flying god. <laughs> you never think about God flying. <laughs> Men don't have wings. At least in our culture, I don't. <laughs> Why am I still laughing? Okay. Um. Okay. So the question is, how complex can we prove something to be? Yeah, I'm just reading through this and get my head around it. There's a number L such that we can't prove the Kolmogorov complexity of any specific string of bits is more than L. Make sure you understand this. For any number, we can prove there are infinitely many bit strings with Kolmogorov complexity more than that. But we can't prove to any particular bit string and prove its Kolmogorov complexity is more than L. I don't know what that means. Alan Knudsen wrote, that's an incredible incredibly disturbing theorem like driving to the edge of the universe and finding a wall what's that quote anybody anything somebody is still trying to explain to you after two minutes is probably something you should pay attention to so let's keep going um okay Chetin claims that for a certain version of the programming language Lisp and any system of math whose axioms can be encoded in a Lisp program n bits long, the complexity barrier is L is smaller or equal than n plus 2359 bits. 
it's hard or perhaps even impossible to find the smallest L that does the job for a certain programming language and system of math. So this is an upper bound. Okay, yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> that's an interesting number, 2359. <laughs> is it any reason that it's so close to 2400 in like 24 hours? Is this the, is this like the, the Pythagorean comma of com complexity? Because <laughs> Lisp is based on um, Alonzo Church's Lambda Calculus, no? And Girdle and Turing, and all of those are based on Principia Mathematica by Whitehead and Russell. What did Whitehead say? Um... Philosophy, philosophy, yeah. Alfred North Whitehead. Philosophy begins and ends in wonder. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna read. Mm. Okay, so if you know that the most com ah here's the thing what's interesting is that you're saying here okay so this is what my interpretation of what is being said here means Shaitan came up with a number to describe how complex anything that is possible to be created by computer language is so he says, for any system that can be created, quote, that we can create, any system that we can create has a complexity ceiling of L is smaller than N plus 2359, whatever that means. So the most complex thing we can have in this computer program, Lisp, or that we can create, using Lisp, the programming language, which is a functional programming language, very popular. It is probably one of the most popular, if not the most influential language of our time. See Clojure, see Erlang, see Elixir, see Scala, see Akka, see Play, see fucking... see Perl 6. Um see Larry Wall discussing functional programming just type in functional programming and the language and you will find the cream of that language talking about how to integrate functional programming and object oriented programming together 
we are trying we are at the limits right now of how we we are at our limit in terms of human ability to reason we have reached a limit of man's reasoning capability man is now being informed as to the truth about him and his society from systems that are operating using a computer language. And these languages can be broken down in terms of ones and zeros. And what he's saying is that the complexity barrier of the system that is now discovering things about human beings that we never knew, the complexity of this system is L is smaller or equal than N plus 2359. So returning to the, to the article, it's interesting. It does speak to the limit so there's an assumption there there's an assumption that we are going to use a binary system to reason about a complex world Now, who's to say that a ternary system isn't better at modeling the world than a binary one? Who said that a computer system written in base 60 might not be better to reason about the world? <laughs> 3,000 years ago, if Egyptians had... A computer, would they write? What language would they write? And how would that help them reason about their world in a way that was effective for them? Evolutionarily adaptive for them, given their six environments. Six environments by Richardson. What are they? Past CG. Political, economic, sociocultural, technological, competitive, geographic. These are the forces, plus math and biology, that produce problems worth solving, jobs to be done, and functions that exist on Earth. That's Richardson's work. Look up, um, go to YouTube, Unicorn Launching. What's wrong with the way business is taught? If you want to see more about that. Uh, going back to the... Okay. Baez. I'd like, to th I'd like to see a program a few kilobytes long that produces a video showing a big bang, the formation of stars and galaxies, then planets, including one where life evolves, then intelligent life, 
then the development of computers, and finally someone writing the very same program. I can't prove it's possible, but you can't prove it isn't. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, especially now, like when I write this unification of gamification frameworks between uh, Yukai Choose and fucking user type hexad, because people look at those as separate systems, they're not. Um, they're they're complementary, and they use a lot of the same abstractions. You just have to see them in a broader context. Um, you're going to realize how simple the connections kind of are in terms of how you might decide how to sell to someone using a very small amount of information. I could write a program today that would use very little code, and contain a ton of information. It's called aggregation. It's called, like, it's called Reddit. Um, if you wanted to rewrite Reddit, how, how many lines of code would it take? It's not going to take as much as it did before because the information already exists. All you have to do is smash it up. And with things like GraphQL, what? Yo. BitHub and Apollo and GraphQL graphical? Damn, what can't you do? Mm. If you're a programmer listening to this, yeah, I have so many ideas. Uh, we should uh, we should talk. Anyways, um, uh, okay, yeah. So what Baez is saying is that, and it sounds like this is something he believes can be done. He's asking. Or he's, he's saying, his thesis is that we can, at least his thesis so far seems to me, is that we can explain this universe using a set of information that can be stored you don't even you don't need a CD-ROM you don't need a computer you don't need a USB drive he's saying that for a fraction of the information stored on a floppy disk mm -hmm. you can make a simulation of the complexity of our universe. That's all. That's all. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. The AIs I'm working with? Fuck.
Um, ah, here we go. So now he's going through the proof, going through Shaitan, Piano Arithmetic, um, Piano and Fraggle, uh, and Bertrand Russell and Alfred North Whitehead. I think they all talk together, if I remember correctly. Zermelo Frankel, yeah. Um, Girdle, second. Okay. Quote, When you have a system of math like this, Girdle's first incompleteness theorem kicks in. If the system is consistent, it cannot be complete. In other words, there are some questions it leaves unsettled. This is why we shouldn't be utterly shocked that while a bunch of bit strings have complexity more than L, we can't prove this. I think I know what that means. I'm going to keep reading. Girdle's second incompleteness theorem also kicks in. If the system can prove that it's consistent, it's not. So there's a sense in which we can never be completely sure that our system of math is consistent. Yes, okay. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We still know. We still find it useful to employ the made-up rule of 1 plus 1 equals 2 using box. Uh, some models are false. All models are false, but some are useful. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going through the proof for math dudes. So, long story short, Girdle's second incompleteness theorem shows, quote, if math can prove itself consistent, it's not. If math can prove itself consistent, it's not. This has huge implications for people that argue. Just because your argument employs a logic that you can trace out and prove to me that everything is consistent doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that you can logically make your connections. And I can agree with you about each and every conclusion that you've made. But, and look up Stephen Kaufman, K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N, Radical Emergence, or go to my uh, LinkedIn, Michael Jagdale LinkedIn, and uh, you'll see a bunch of videos. I think it's on the biology, Louis Vuitton and Jobs post. Uh, um,
Perhaps because we've grown up with industrial revolutions as the foundation for our food gathering, technology is the way that we gather food. Technology is a tool. How do I cut leaves for a salad? I order in. <laughs> so technology is a use, a, a tool that we <laughs> that we use, right? And that that tool, technology, is based on math. Now, the assumption is that math is a perfectly logical system. It's not. Who said it should be? Who said that a perfectly logical mathematical system could ever represent the world? Look up David Weinberger. AI marketing 2018. Uh, he talks about um, the fucking deep patient study. Anyways, so we're going through this. So I understand this. Oh, great. We're at the end. I say that not just. Because it wasn't a good post, just like, wow, I didn't realize I'd get there so f- fast. Um, I'll be honest with you, if you just started with, uh, <laughs> if math can prove itself consistent, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's like the Batman slapping Robin. If math can prove itself consistent, it's not. Uh, maybe that'll be the fucking uh, thing for the post, the, the thumbnail. Call it Slapping Robin. This ends the first episode of, um, what are we calling this podcast? Uh, the Unicorn Launching Academy podcast? Sure. Um, oh no, it should be, should be a pun, right? Um, a pun. Okay, who is my audience? Let's do some... Not here. You guys want to listen to this? Um, the audience is. Um, achievers and. Um, achievers 
seek mastery. Um, and disruptors seek change. And there are also Buddhists or Taoists. So, just Tao it. <laughs> Somebody must already have that, right? Right? That's a, it's a t-shirt. <laughs> All right, just that way it is. Ah, 